0: what's good my amazing friends welcome back to part two of the remedy slippery slope episode part two what's going on you guys i am sarah amazing grace i am your host today welcome back to part two of our show about sex Man, what a response from last week's show, you guys, I uh, expected my um, DMS and and uh, private messages to be full of like negativity. But instead, I actually got a ton of messages from people saying that they loved the show and that it was stuff that needed to be heard. And that is really encouraging to me. So anyway, thank you so much to those who sent messages and reached out and to those who shared the show and, uh, you know, it's a subject matter that really needs to be talked about in a um, in a real and truthful way, but also in a way that doesn't necessarily like fully blast and condemn people because, uh, you know, none of us are perfect except for Jesus. And he's our example, but we are to... Um, We are to look to him as our example, but a lot of us, including myself, have uh, failed miserably and are just trying to do it right now. Anyway, and if you haven't listened to part one, uh, head on over to the library uh, of the shows and give it a listen. Slippery Slope part one. If you didn't hear it, I was pulling back the covers, if you will, kind of slipping between the sheets, so to speak, exposing some of the sexual immorality that has led to the days of Lot in which we are living. The slippery slope of opening the door to the sexual revolution, free love and the dawning of the age of Aquarius and all that kind of stuff that has led to all manner of sexual perversion. And as I talked about on last week's show, they're now even pushing a a pedophile agenda, which is uh, normalizing or they're trying to normalize something as incredibly, unbelievably, heartbreakingly disgusting as pedophilia. Acting like it's a normal sexual orientation Ugh, I can hardly even believe that this is a subject on the table. And if you don't believe me, you can Google look or DuckDuckGo or whatever search engine you're using. I mean, the Western Journal has reported that they no longer want to use the term pedophile, that that's uh, inflammatory. Now it's called Minor Attracted Persons, also known as MAPS, and that it's a blanket term that includes I don't even want to talk about it. Just disgusting, 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 all, all manners of it. And they're using that new term in order to distance themselves from, uh, quote, unquote, the toxicity of the connotation of the word pedophile. <laughs> it ain't the word that's toxic, you guys. It's literally being a pedophile that is toxic. But anyway, they they want to become part of the LGBTQ plus Community, because that community, by and large, has opened the door for sexual perversion to enter in. And as we've said, it's a slippery slope. You accept one, where do you draw the line of accepting them all? Anyway, I mean, (laughs) what's next? Normalizing rape? (laughs) Oh, that's an inflammatory term, Sarah. We just call it violence-attracted persons. I mean, you guys, it's absolute absolute depravity. I don't even have to tell you how abhorrent it all is. It's shocking. It's incomprehensible. It's straight up nauseating. And these are the very real life direct consequences of normalizing something that God didn't create, which is the twisting of what God did create. God created sex. And when you are normalizing the perversion of it, well, it's going to bring all the rest of the perversion with it. There's a saying that says, how do you eat an elephant? Well, one bite at a time. How do you introduce total depravity and sexual perversion? Well, you start with one little thing and then another thing which begets another thing. And then before you know it, it's a snowball rolling down the hill. God made our bodies, right? He made sex, he made our bodies. And these are incredible things. And me having studied human anatomy, uh, when I was entering the medical field, the human body can only be of intelligent design. Totally. There's no big bang that, you know, we came from some salamander that decided to grow legs and crawl out of the ocean that became a monkey that became you know, that that's not a thing. It's, it's not a thing. (laughs) We were created in the likeness and image of God, we were um, intelligently designed just think about it for a second. Take the most intricate watch you could possibly think of. I mean, we have all of this technology now that, uh, that we can wear on our wrists. That's just incredible tech, right? Where we can get texts and emails and talking and keeping notes for us and keeping you on track through the day and monitoring your heart rate and blood sugar and blood pressure and whatever the latest tech that man has come up with, which is incredibly impressive, Right. But it cannot even compare to the tech that's happening inside the wrist that holds it. Our bodies are incredible. And we are made to fit like puzzle pieces, Legos, if you will, together with our God ordained spouses, which then leads me to my guest for today, the one the only the one who can bring the male aspect to this subject matter you guys i want you to give it up and give a warm welcome to my spouse eric hi
1: i'm eric i'm so happy to be here
0: yeah we are stoked to have you eric is my husband we have been together for 21 years and this year we will just in a few months actually we'll be celebrating our 20th wedding anniversary. Yo, that is dope. I can't believe that that is a thing that's happening and that I'm old enough to be celebrating a 20 year wedding anniversary but high five. Man, high five to that. Anyway, Eric, thanks for joining today. I know that you are super busy and um I know that that the people listening are stoked to have you here too. Anyway, what did you think of last week's show?
1: Dude, it was uh, was a great primer um, to continue the conversation.
0: Yeah, yeah. One of the reasons I wanted Eric to be here is that I have a lot of male listeners to this show, The Remedy. What up, my dudes? What's up? Anyway, Eric has walked a road that a huge majority of men, well, and women too, but uh, majority of men listening uh, have walked or are even currently walking. Christians, non Christians, it doesn't matter. One of the doors of sexual perversion that has been normalized but brings massive destruction is the world of pornography. The word pornography is derived from Greek porne, which is prostitute, and graphene, which means to write. And so it was originally defined as a work of art or literature depicting uh, prostitutes or sex. And researchers define pornography as uh, art that is created solely for the sexual arousal of someone. So anyway, we have works of art that are not created for the sexual arousal of that are not pornography. We've got the statue of David and Venus de Milo, and we've got cave drawings and hieroglyphs that depict people without clothes on naked people and naked people aren't pornography. <laughs> That's not pornography. Pornography is not looking at a body that is God designed. If that was the case, then doctors and nurses every day doing their jobs would you know be having um, what they do considered pornography. It's not the human body was created amazing by God. but it I mean porn is the intent of the artist, which is, for sexual gratification anyway do you want to add anything to that eric
1: Um,
0: no (laughs) okay i pretty much covered that okay good anyway men look at pornography men are really visual but women are more like thought oriented and um men look at pornography and women read pornography i mean 50 shades of gray that was that's a totally that's totally women porn totally
1: Yeah. Going off it, I think I read a stat that said that like 84.4% of 14 to 18 year old males and get this 57% of 14 to 18 year old females have viewed pornography. Now, granted, I like to say the other 16% are the ones that didn't admit it, but I digress.
0: (laughs) Yeah, probably true. Especially in this day and age where it is so prevalent everywhere, just at the clickety clack of a keyboard. I mean, it's out there and I'm sure their friends are talking about it and Oh, did you see? I mean, speaking of friends talking about it, back to Fifty Shades of Grey. I can't tell you how many of my friends were like, oh, my gosh, I read this book or I saw the movie Fifty Shades of Grey. Sarah, did you read this? Or how many of my friends dive into romance novels and, um, you know, women, if you're listening to this, (laughs) I did not see Fifty Shades of Grey, nor did I read the book. We have a no pornography policy in our marriage. Um, because we have dealt with in the past overcoming addiction. And so we have none of that in, uh, we don't allow the enemy in, which is a way that the enemy comes into marriages nowadays. It's become so prevalent. And so anyway, romance novels are like a, a $1 billion a year industry, but that doesn't even compare to the magazine and, um, uh, movie industry for hardcore pornography. What's crazy is that there's even like schools like Yale and Duke that have classes that incorporate like romance novels and like they have like, courses surrounding these romance novels. And I mean, that that is, you know, straight up pornography. Anyway, Eric, what do you have to add to this subject matter? Since it's something that you uh, it's a road that you walked down.
1: Uh, Yeah, definitely. It is a road that I've walked down and unfortunately it seems to be, um, even though men as a whole don't like to admit it, um, very prevalent in other people, other men's lives as well. And so some may admit it, some won't. um, But, you know, I think we all kind of started down that same path. Like when I was younger, you know, seeing those naughty images and like, you know, dirty magazines or movies or heck even TV shows all that did was like create a dopamine hit, and I and I wanted to see more. You know, the one the the more I wanted to see, um, I, I wanted to see it more. It just like it's it kept on doing it. You know, like that that comedian Ron White once said, "You've seen one woman naked, and well, you pretty want to see the rest of them naked too." <laughs> and you know, as time progressed, um, the availability of these quote unquote naughty images became even more and more accessible due to the advent of the internet, like you were just talking about, right? You know, porn websites, and you know. And I knew it was wrong to look at it, but I I still looked at it. No, I wasn't a follower of Christ at this time, but I still knew deep inside and everyone knows that it's it's wrong. Right. You know, and then so then I I married you, my beautiful wife, and I still wasn't a Christian at that time. I think we talked about that before. Um,
0: Right. Yeah. If if you haven't heard that episode, I'm going to step on you, Eric, but we. We talked about our marriage and, and some of the stuff that led up to uh, Eric's salvation in an episode that we did for Valentine's Day called My Funny Valentine. If you haven't listened to that, head on over to the library and, and give that one a listen. It's it's pretty rad. But anyway, sorry, Eric, go ahead.
1: No. Yeah. And then so, like, we, we were we were early married couple, and unfortunately, um, I didn't remove that porn addiction. It was actually intertwined within our marriage in more ways than one. It, not good. It's not good. What do you when you say?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not good. But it's also like epidemic. I can't tell you how many of my friends struggle with that uh, in their marriage, either the the guy struggles with that, um, or more that I've heard is the wives of those guys and how it's affected their lives, their sex lives, their, you know, emotional relationships, all that stuff, and how it affected our life too.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, it got to the point where I like I would choose porn over you, and that caused a lot of strife in our within our marriage.
0: Yeah, big time.
1: Yeah, I, I started to d- dive deeper and deeper into the addiction where I basically hit rock bottom, and I I knew I needed an intervention where my wife or I couldn't do it on our own. Um, that's where I gave my life to the Lord and became a follower of Christ. That hallelujah! But you know, just doing that and giving it all up to Christ, it was. Um, I thought, okay, everything is going to be solved. It's going to take away all the the, the addiction and all that. It's a little bit more complex than that, right? But um, but not not long after giving my life over to the Lord and asking, begging, praying that He deliver me from my porn addiction, I was introduced to the pornygrin Christian by Pastor Mark Driscoll. Did did you did you get that to me? I can't remember how I, I got that.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. I think maybe it was um uh my. Uh, friend Yvette in uh, in Arizona that had heard about the book somehow and said, hey, uh, which isn't it's an online ebook that you can actually look up. It's called Porn Again Christian by Pastor Mark Driscoll. And um, go ahead. I mean, yeah, yeah. it
1: was it was basically very instrumental um, in in my my addiction. I I, I read that online, but to be honest with you, it scared the crap out of me. I mean, one of the main takeaways, I I mean, it's burned in my brain on how he described what was that serial killer? I think it was Ted Bundy um, that he basically details how porn led him to serial killings. Basically, Ted stated whatever porn he looked at previously didn't solicit the same response. So he'd have to look at more and more devious porn. At one point, even the most devious porn wouldn't get him to where he needed to be. So he had to move on to real human beings, then go on to kill. Holy crap. Yeah. Now, I wasn't trying to go out and kill anyone, but I, I could see how my brain was being rewired over the time by my addiction.
0: Which is exactly what what that industry banks on, because it's what keeps people coming back for more. It's not just the image of a naked lady, you know, because those are burned in your brain. But like now you have to have more and more and more. And, and it's a dopamine hit. It's it's an addiction.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. like that's yeah, like those that what is that uh, that study where those rats would have had like you know cocaine or uh, whatever and they had a little bell and they kept asking for more and more
0: cocaine yeah, yeah. whatever it was until
1: because <laughs> it's the dopamine response yeah. yeah but you know like being an engineer by trade I have a huge respect for math and science but I I never really gave much credence to the social science in the past but that, but going through the, all that I went through I've gone through a lot of self reflection and I learned how my brain was dealt dealing with the addiction. You know, it says that, that porn acts on the male brain a lot like other stimulants, like we were just talking about, like cocaine. Once, right. you, once you have it, you need more and more to meet the same dopamine reaction. And this, by definition, is a slippery slope.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, that's exactly the slippery slope. A, a little bit begets more, begets more, begets more.
1: Yeah. And I, <laughs> now, you remember that old radio host? People might not even know what radio is. But anyway, that, that, <laughs> that radio host, Paul Harvey, you know, that guy that did. The I rest- think
0: podcasts are the new radio. Oh, but anyway, yeah. the, whatever. The
1: new coolness. But back in the day, they had a thing called the radio and they had this, this guy named Paul Harvey. He was kind of known for the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, he did like um, this one show that was called If I Were the Devil. And I started to ask myself, why is porn, more, and more specifically, sexual perversion such an issue? Well, well, if I was the devil, I'd try to per- pervert things that are completely needed to sustain life, mm-hmm. like the need to procreate, drinking, eating, you know, the things that need to keep humans alive and moving forward. What better parts of our human lives to interject sin, but in the things that are inherently woven into our DNA, like sex?
0: I mean, it's amazing that you bring that up, Eric, because it's so true That's exactly what the enemy does. He takes something that is made for or made by God and twists it, perverts it, uh, changes it, anything he can do to lead you astray from God and get you further and further away from God, Yahweh, who has made this incredible union between man and woman, this incredible act that is between man and woman and has perverted it. I mean, sex is like, sex is promoted, it's pushed, it's taught, it's twisted, it's completely perverted in every way, and it is pushed in every way except in the context of which it was created for. Sex sells. Sex cells, <laughs> exactly. I mean, within the bonds of a godly marriage... Sex is is incredible. And yeah, sex sells, you know, I mean, we have freaking burger commercials that you can't even you can't even see an ad without sex or some kind of enticement of, you know, using sex to entice like, you know, if it doesn't get all over the place, it doesn't belong in your face, you know, and it's like this is for a burger. But like you said, sex sells. One thing that I've totally noticed is that there's no shortage of sex around. (laughs) Everywhere you look, sex, 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 you know. But what I don't see is sex being taught in the... um...
1: Yeah, when was the last time you heard a sermon about how good sex was in marriage?
0: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. When was the last time that you heard a pastor do an entire Sunday service about how amazing sex is within a marriage, and how, you know, if it doesn't get all over the place, it doesn't belong in your face in the bonds of marriage, you know, instead, we have, you know, we accept it coming from Carl's Jr. Or is that from Carl's Jr? I don't know, whatever burger place that is. But oh, my gosh, if a pastor said that, or, you know, hearing a podcaster say, Ooh, Sarah, that's naughty. No, it's not. It's not naughty. If it's in the bonds of marriage, it's what it should have been talked about and taught. But instead, it's naughty to us because we have been taught it outside of the bonds of marriage, which makes it naughty, <laughs> you know?
1: I don't know, man. The Bible is still, even within the bounds of marriage, a little naughty. I mean, uh, Proverbs five eighteen and 19, uh, let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breasts fill you at all the times with delight and be intoxicated always in her love. I don't know how you can unwind that as being not naughty, but it's.
0: Well, but it's not naughty because it's the wife of your youth. You know, I mean, it should be like, yes, get those breasts like those. You get that girl, man, because she's your wife of your youth. But instead, we're like, let's just back off and Song of Solomon. Oh, it's only taught you know, in the bounds of like a marriage counseling, only those 12 weeks leading up. No, man, we need to be like, pumping up our kids and our, our junior high and high school youth groups need to be talking about not sex per se, but, but sex in the bonds of like, guess what you get to look forward to, man, you get to look forward to this. Not like, hey, let's, um, let's talk about, you know, sexual stuff and and shy away from it and keep yourself pure we need to be pumping people up for like what's coming when you get married in a godly marriage you know i i don't know i mean i guess they do but they pump it just as like sex is taboo don't talk about that be abstinent which well, why it doesn't do you, work
1: why do you think they do that why i mean why do you think they omit that message in church i mean i can't speak for all churches but i've been to a why lot do you of, think i don't know
0: I think that it's because sex is a taboo subject in the sense that it's, you know, it's, it's naughty and it's behind closed doors. And, you know, yet it's not behind closed doors. It's on a freaking burger ad and it's, you know, Maxim magazine on the stands. And I mean, it's, it's everywhere except where it should be.
1: You mean they're promoting sin instead of what has been designed for?
0: (laughs) Exactly. That slippery slope of perversion. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. You know, there's this uh, um, a meme that I shared on Instagram. And, you know, it's kind of controversial, but it shouldn't be because it's the straight truth. And it said, God didn't create sex as an audition for the dating. He created it as a privilege only for marriage. And it's 100% true. But right now, what, the only thing that I see is sex being, you know, done, whether promoted or not in dating and then you know in the world what you really see is people say yeah after you get married it all dries up I mean that's what people promote is that you know I don't see people promoting after marriage sex is incredible what I see people promoting is you know sex is you know amazing when you're dating or when you shouldn't be doing it but then when you can do it it's not it's not happening
1: but let's be real. Sex before before marriage, albeit some may say fun, is completely void and empty.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's 100 percent true. A 100 percent. I mean, uh, you know, I'm doing this show on sexual immorality and sexual purity, but I didn't remain sexually pure before I got married. I, you know, I wish I did, but I didn't. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to unpack that. I mean, I know that I'm forgiven and I'm within the bonds of marriage, but let me tell you, and it's not just in the bonds of marriage. I have to really give the caveat to that is sex is incredible within the bonds of a godly marriage where both partners are striving in their own personal lives to live a righteous life for the Lord, which then makes things amazing between the two of them.
1: Agreed. Now, I know we've kind of talked about this, you know, uh, normally in our real life. I think we had this conversation a couple days ago, but you and I both were—we didn't save yourself, ourselves for marriage. And if we, knowing what we know now, would you have done it differently?
0: <sighs> you know, I can't. I mean, I—it's—it's it's a hard question to answer because. Now the Lord can use that in my life and the pain and the heartbreak and the horrible things that I went through because of my own choices um, has, has helped other people come to know the Lord, which is awesome. And the choices that I've made in the past shape who I am today. That being said, I grieved the Lord's heart and then also grieved my own heart. I've talked openly about the fact that I got pregnant when I was 17 years old, and I chose to have an abortion, that is a heartbreak that has broken my heart for almost 30 years. Would that have happened had I not been sexually promiscuous in my youth? (laughs) That wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't have had a broken heart. Um, The relationships that I uh, had been in before marrying you, uh, you know, the broken heart that came from the breaking up of that relationship are so deep because there is there had been an energy exchange between me and another person. And so, you know, anytime you have sex with someone, and I know they say like, Oh, you take a you know, you have sex with yourself and all the other partners. Okay, whatever, people don't really care much about that. But you should, because each one of us are energetic beings, each one of us have a soul, and we have energy that we um, that we vibrate out to other people. And when you are coupled with someone else, your your energy is exchanged, and your energy is precious. And so you're literally giving it away to someone who then, you know, you you go on to somebody else. And it's just, draining of your soul. It really is. W- would you say so?
1: Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, it would, it would be easy to say, you know, nonchalantly. Oh, yeah, totally. I would have totally done that. But uh, you can't say that.
0: One thing I will say, though, is that a lot of my um, a lot of my friends, and this is also part of sexual perversion, sexual twisting of, of sex is that when people get married, they don't have a good sex life. And I mean, stay tuned, Eric and I may do some kind of marriage um, uh, seminar <laughs> for married couples, you know, uh, getting that bedroom going. But anyway, the the thing that I see a lot, I see a lot of it with my friends, you can't, I can't tell you how many people of you know some of my friends but then also at women's events and things like that 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 have come to me and said things like oh man like after we got married yeah you know i never give it up to my husband or yeah he really pissed me off last night so we just decided you know or i uh, we i decided that you know i'm I'm not gonna give it or whatever they don't they use sex as a weapon and
1: so i don't I don't know about this because uh, I'm married to you and that's not an issue. But why do you think that is?
0: You know, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Do you want like the um, podcast answer? Do you want the Sarah answer? I want the real answer. (laughs) Um, The real answer is because I think that either their husbands aren't good at sex. Um, Do. (laughs) Do. I mean, I'm just going to be real about it. Um, Well, clearly they haven't, because if if a woman has had good sex. Inside the bonds of a godly marriage, it is something that you want. <laughs> you absolutely want. It isn't a chore. It isn't a, I gotta have sex with my husband tonight. I've literally heard that, end quote, from more women than I can count. And it's. it must be epidemic of the fact that they make jokes about how dry marriages are in the sex department, unlike every sitcom. And, um, you know, like, if that's happening, <laughs> then you know, men, you got to step up your game, you got to be, you know, you got to get to uh, a place where you are, you know, not being a selfish lover, and, you know, learn how to be a good lover to your spouse. Um, And I'm not going to, you know, go into talking about sex with other men by any means. I mean, like, I'm not no, no, scratch that. (laughs) I mean, I'm not gonna give sex advice to men. That's for Eric to do. But (laughs) What I'm trying to say is I open mouth, insert foot. Um, What I'm trying to say is that, you know, there's a large portion of women that I know that that it is true that their marriages are are dry, a dry desert in the sex department.
1: Okay, let me let me let me change gears here. You just said you didn't want to give advice to men. That's not what you're doing. But reverting back to like the porn addiction and whatnot, since we both have gone through it, I have things that I had to do. But you had to go through a lot of things, too. And the things that you've learned Most of these problems probably stem from the males doing it, but the women and the wives that have to deal with it. Can you actually give any advice based on what you've learned for the women that have to deal with the same circumstances that we've gone through?
0: Okay. So the advice that I would give is first of all, pray for your husband to be delivered from the addiction. Pray against the demons that are plaguing him in the name of Jesus arm yourself with the armor of God and go to battle for your husband, because they are being tormented by this uh, by an addiction. And so that's what I would do. Husbands, knock it off. Repent, uh, lay down pornography. It's not normal. It is not good. It is robbing you. Okay, okay, I'll step off that soapbox. Okay. So now you've laid down porn, it's no longer a thing. But wives, you're hurt. Because your husband has, well, you know, lusted after another during your marriage. Betrayed you. Betrayed. It's a betrayal. And uh, for me, learning that, okay, it was also then me not sinning by holding a grudge and not forgiving. Jesus was very clear that we have to forgive or else the fa- our Father in Heaven doesn't forgive us. It's, it's a big deal to forgive. And if it were easy, it wouldn't be spoken about to be done as a commandment. We must forgive. And so you have to forgive your husband, know that he's fallible, and then ask the Lord to heal your heart. And then um, between the two of you, you guys have to learn how to forge forward. And it's true. I know a lot of women who don't want to even um, be with their husbands anymore, because they have porn addictions. And um, it's incredibly painful in a marriage. It's incredibly damaging. It's, you know, and so it's, it's a matter of choosing, you know, like in Joshua, choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's what you have to say to yourself, I'm choosing today that I'm going to serve the Lord. And as for me and my house, me and my body, I am going to serve the Lord with it. And by serving my husband, I'm serving the Lord. Also, by forgiving my husband, I'm serving the Lord. And I know that the Lord will heal this. And I'm going to make the effort, too, to stay in the battlefield, to stay you know, stay on the court. Don't, don't leave the game because you were fouled upon. You know, mm. get back in the game. And you guys work together to get past this. The Lord will use it for good in your lives. And what's on the other side, you guys, is so amazing. Amazing. I mean, better than anything you could possibly fathom.
1: All right. uh, Hopefully I'm not setting myself up here, but how much is a sex life better now?
0: Oh, man. (laughs) I mean, it is like far and away... I mean it's incredible. It's what God created. When God creates something, you know, to be a certain way, it's amazing when you do it the certain way. It's the same thing with our marriage in general. I mean, before when we were living for ourselves and living selfishly, um our marriage sucked. It was awful. It was just not fulfilling. It was, you know, we we stayed in it, right? Because we wanted it to work, but it what it wasn't fulfilling in any way
1: but that was our first marriage
0: yeah we say that that was our first marriage um it's still the same marriage but that was um uh bc you know before christ for eric but then um after he got saved everything has just been an entirely new creation because he was made a new creation and so anyway um in our god-filled marriage i mean yeah what do you say
1: well, you pretty much nailed all the, the the parts. I would I would probably say the same thing for the gentleman on the, on this podcast as well. Like the first thing is prayer, 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 prayer. Do you be delivered from it? And here's the thing, you know, when two or more, are, you know, that whole whole thing right there. I mean, it's it's rock and roll. But here's here's a real kicker. I remember going through this,
0: and the two or more are you and your spouse praying together, right?
1: Bingo. Bingo. And so, but also, I remember going through these prayers, like when I first was going through this, and I was like, you know, Lord, deliver me for this. Get me through this. I'm having crazy thoughts. And I just remember this whole interaction with the Lord, and he was like, well, now's a good time to stop. You can just, just stop. Just stop, basically. Stop doing this. Now is always a good time to stop. And then... And then just put all your efforts into your significant other, a.k.a. your wife. Now, here's the thing. We all know that we all have good days, bad days. You know, you may be working too hard. The kids are around this, that and the other. Yeah, we all go through that. But if you actually take the time and the effort to put it into your significant other, it'll pay off.
0: It's huge. I mean, it's totally it's it is totally huge. Look, God created sex, and if you're not doing it or if it's not good, then you need to get with God and find out why. Bottom line, together and apart, what's what's going on inside of you that you need to plug into God first for, you know, to to get what you need to be a good wife, same with a husband, if if you are not being uh if you are not being the way that you could stand in front of Jesus and say, "Yeah, this is how I was towards my wife." Then knock it off period end of story no excuses but if you are living um that way you know and and things aren't good plug into god first and then plug into your wife and i i you know maybe literally <laughs> and figuratively well <laughs> anyway yeah i mean god made sex god isn't some killjoy saying like you know don't do this and sexual immorality and i'm going to smash you down no god made it don't twist it you know Because when we twist it, that's when things get horrible. And we've got, you know, STDs and we've got women out here who are raising children alone because, you know, some man hit it and quit it. And we've got um, women, you know, rioting in the streets to kill their own babies. And we've got sexual perversion of, you know, same sex stuff going on. And we've got sexual perversion of people that are, Attracted to children. I mean, all of that is way outside of the bounds for sex that God created us for. So he isn't some killjoy. He's the exact opposite. He wants you to have joy. So he's like, hey, dude, you know, here it is inside the bounds that I created for. This is super joyful and amazing. And you don't have to deal with all of this horrendous hurt and pain and, you know, horribleness that comes from opening the door to the slippery slope of sexual immorality. When you open the door to pornography and allow that in your marriage, oh, it's not harming us. Yes, it is. It, it is not anything that you should be having inside the bounds of marriage. It makes for unrealistic expectations. It makes for... Anyway, we're going over time here. But, you know, in First Corinthians, Paul says that, you know, because there is so much sexual immorality Each man should have his own wife and that each woman should have her own own husband and that a husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs and that a wife should fulfill her husband's sexual needs and that the wife, wife, you give the authority of your body over to your husband and your husband, you give the authority of your body over to your wife. And it says, don't deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a time, so that you can give yourselves more completely to prayer, then afterwards, you should come together again, so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self control. I mean, Paul, this is like, you know, a few thousand years ago, or, you know, almost a few thousand years ago, that Paul is ta- talking the same stuff that, you know, is the same thing that, that you know, it's, it's the remedy.
1: <laughs> it's nothing new under the sun.
0: Nothing new under the sun. And here we've got the remedy right here. How do I fix all of this stuff that's going on? Because sexual immorality has been going on, you know, for days and days. Well, <laughs> I mean, there it is right there. Wives, give yourselves to your husbands. Husbands, give yourselves to your wives. Quit giving yourself to porn. Quit giving yourself to sexual immorality and immoral thoughts and behaviors. Give yourself over to the Lord. Let Him change you. And you know, uh, you know, boom, the end. End of story. You know what I mean? Know what I mean, Vern? I do. <laughs> anyway, so that's kind of our show today. Is that? Listen, you guys. There is a remedy. And, you know, sex is something that was created by God for us, for procreation, but also as a gift for us. There's all kinds of hormones and things that happen during sex that bind you together with the person that you're with. God made it that way to create uh, one flesh between the two of you. If you're running around auditioning people while you're dating, Knock it off. I don't care how good it feels or how much you need it or all this kind of stuff. It, it will never serve you. It will never serve you. I promise you that. It will only lead to heartbreak and destruction. Doing it God's way. I mean, I know that this sounds like, you know, prude, but I, yo, I ain't no prude. I am not a prude at all, you guys. I am totally, uh, uh, you know, a sexual being. And I'm telling you that within the bonds of marriage are you know is where that should be, and it you know you, we would do away with all of the, we wouldn't have have all of these issues if people would just do it right. It's right. <laughs> do it right. What is it? What's that?
1: <laughs> I'm not going to say that.
0: <sighs> do it right. Do it tight. Anyway. All right, you guys, man, you should listen to the bloopers of this reel. (laughs) It's gonna be good. All right. Anyway, listen, I like the way you work it. No diggity. I got to wrap it up. Is the where I was going with this? All right, you guys, thanks for sticking around. It's been a longer show than normal, but uh, it needs to be said. And, uh, you know, keep it for the Lord. Love you guys.
1: Keep it in your pants.
0: Keep it in your pants.
1: Until you're ready to do the dance.
0: Until you're ready to do the dance and stay on your knees before the Lord, before the Lord, in the word of God. I love you guys. Until next week. Peace. peace.